This episode of the Oz Movie Geek podcast is sponsored by Kix. Kix is an online film and television retailer specializing in the latest Sony, Universal, and Paramount films and television shows. You can use the exclusive code OZGEEK15 to receive 15% off your order. Thank you to the wonderful team at Kix. Now to the review. Hello and welcome to the latest episode in the Oz Movie Geek podcast. I'm your host, Pato. Today I have a review of Space Jam, A New Legacy, the long-awaited sequel to Space Jam, the 1996 Michael Jordan Bugs Bunny collaboration, um, a film that was, uh, I guess, uh, instrumental in my childhood. I watched the shit out of my VHS copy of Space Jam. Um, growing up on Looney Tunes, really, uh, my parents were huge Looney Tunes fans, and I guess that sort of followed through with me. Anyone who knows me knows I love Daffy Duck. Um, I have plenty of Daffy Duck merchandise and memorabilia. Uh, and I guess I was anticipating this film in the sense that I wanted to see the Looney Tunes again. There's been iterations of the Looney Tunes over the last 10 years, uh, various reboots. Uh, even in the 2000s, we had Lunatics Unleashed, which everyone hates, but I have a bit of a soft spot for because I did watch it when I was um, a, a youngin. But yeah, I, I don't know. This film sort of didn't appeal to me. I cringed incredibly hard at a lot of the social media content that came out in regards to like trailers. Um, there was the rap battle sequence that's featured in the film that I thought was just cringe-inducing. Uh, but I was anticipating just seeing the Looney Tunes back on the big screen. Uh, LeBron James, uh, I'm a huge fan of his as an athlete. Uh, as an actor, he was in Trainwreck, and I found him to be moderately funny in that film. But I didn't know how he would go handling a, a feature-length film. I'm sure criticisms were the same back in 1996 with Michael Jordan as well. But MJ had that uh, personality, and I guess same as LeBron James, where they sort of transcend just being an athlete, where they are a superstar in the form of a celebrity as well. Their status sort of transcends that athleticism to incorporate a lot more. And LeBron James is like that as well. He's quite charismatic. I follow him on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and I find him to be quite enjoyable on social media. And I was hoping a lot of that would come over uh, into this film because I wanted to enjoy this film. Like I said, I like the Looney Tunes and I like LeBron James. I wanted it to just be a mindless piece of entertainment. Uh, but unfortunately, that's not what I got. And I'm going to get into this mess of a film uh, and, and talk about what I, what I like and what I, I really, really, really don't like on the verge of hating. Um, and I do hate a fair bit of this movie. So we're going to get into it, guys. This review is going to contain spoilers. So if you haven't seen Space Jam A New Legacy then get out, uh, don't listen to this, because I am going to break down a lot of the fundamentally wrong um, aspects of this film, and fundamentals do come into this a lot, as Bugs Bunny and LeBron James go back and forth on the fundamentals of basketball, but yeah, I will be going into a lot of detail here, guys, so yeah, there's your warning if you haven't seen it. Three, two, one, we're going to discuss, so take it away, trailer. Welcome, King James. I'm a cartoon? Ah! I'm shorter than Kevin Hart! No, 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 no. What's up, Doc? Bugs! Bring it here, man. 
What brings you to Tonwa, Doc? The computer dude kidnapped my son. What in the Matrix hell? Hey, what'd you do to my son? The only way you're getting your son back is if you and I play a little basketball. You want to play me in basketball? I need to assemble an elite team. You need a dream team. I'll take it from here. Sam, shoot the ball. Let's try that again, shall we? We'll get your son back. I promise. What's happening? Up the jam. I look expensive. Introducing the Goon Squad. I'm not a betting duck, but my money's on the other team. Pump up the chair. Yo, King. You're about to lose your family. Got the world Run! in my hand. Everything you love. Well, at least we're good. Oh, and I almost forgot. All of the tunes will be deleted, so. Come on, guys. The Toon Squad doesn't give up. If we're going out, we're going out loony. Pump up the jam. You gotta win this game and get our son back. Pump up the chance. Let's go, Toons. I got hops. Eat on. Coming off the bench, Wiley Coyote. The machine's producing multiple Wiley Coyotes. Well, that happened. Wow. We need a boost. A secret weapon. Come on, man. Granny's out here having a martini at halftime. Kate is gonna hate. So, Space Jam A New Legacy was directed by Malcolm D. Lee and stars LeBron James, Don Cheadle, Cedric Joe, and of course, Bugs Bunny, and follows a rogue artificial intelligence who kidnaps the son of famed basketball player LeBron James who then has to go to work with Bugs Bunny to win a basketball game and win his son back. Uh, so, yeah, this was a, uh, a mess of a film. Uh, like I said, I enjoyed the first film, and I appreciate on repeat viewings, which I have seen uh, twice in the last couple of years. Uh, I watched it just after I watched the new film, um, and I wanted to just revisit it to see what I would think in comparison to uh, the new film. Now... When I saw the new film, it was in a packed cinema, a lot of people enjoying it, um, and I think the film is aimed at a very younger audience. Uh, there is a bit there for adults too, which I'll get into, but I, I just feel that the film itself just feels very disjointed. It's overly long too. Uh, the original Space Jam sits at a cool 100 and... Oh, not 100, sorry. It doesn't even reach 100. It's, it's like 88 minutes or something. It's very, very short it's sweet and to the point and what space jam the original 1996 film benefits from is having actors like wayne knight bill murray danny devito sort of surrounding the the production so the emphasis and the weight of the film isn't just left solely on michael jordan's shoulders and the looney tunes are given a lot more to do in that film because it feels more like their world now, when LeBron first enters Tune World or Looney Tunes Land, uh, it, it just feels very artificial. Now, I 
I know it's a cartoon and I, I, I completely understand that, but it just doesn't feel like the land that the Looney Tunes actually live in. It just felt really artificial. It felt like the equivalent of when you're going to Warner Brothers Movie World. It, it sort of felt like that when you're going to Movie World and you're walking through, you know, the different lands. So you've got, you know, like um, Tiny Toon Land, I think it's called, where it's got, you know, some of the Looney Tunes characters around it felt like walking through that. It just felt, you know, like you couldn't go into any of the houses. Uh, no one really lived there. And you could say, I guess, um, when we first were introduced to Bugs, that uh, Don Cheadle's character, um, who I kept thinking, his name is Al G Rhythm, but I kept thinking he was Ali G, uh, the Sasha Baron Cohen character. And I was like, imagine if Sasha Baron Cohen was playing this character. It would be a lot more fun. Nothing against Don Cheadle, but... Yeah, he's completely miscast in this film. Like, he's a good actor, and I guess he adds that legitimacy to this film, um, but he is completely miscast here, and he just does not fit in this world. Um, but essentially, he's, like, let all the Looney Tunes characters go, so they've all gone to different worlds, um, and that leads to my biggest issue with this film, and that is the whorish product placement for every uh, Warner Brothers property that is now streaming on HBO Max. Now, this film debuted on HBO Max as well as being in theaters, but I've got a feeling that maybe they were hoping this film would come out a little earlier before HBO Max had launched and maybe trying to attract new subscribers because this film is just filled with it. it it's honestly shameful just the amount of product placement that is in this film uh, we have sequences, uh, just complete sequences, where they're just not even paying homage or reference to. They're, they're directly just trying to sell you HBO Max. Uh, we go through Westeros with Game of Thrones, which is not a kid's show. So, you know, kids watching this are like, what the hell is Game of Thrones? And I understand that, you know, adults, that's more of maybe for the adults that are taking their kids to watch it. But a lot of time is spent with these worlds. So we have Harry Potter world, which kids would know who Harry Potter is. Uh, the Matrix, which again feels like, and I know the, the Matrix 4 is coming out, so maybe that's why that's there. Um, we also have reference to DC, um, more so on the animated side. Uh, there's a fun sequence, which was one of my favorite sequences in the film, where uh, Daffy Duck's trying to get um, people to follow him. Um, so he's um, posing as Superman trying to stop a train from crashing into an orphanage um, and Superman appears and when Superman does appear it's the classic uh, animated Superman design which I thought was pretty cool um, but yeah it's just it's just shameful just what they do here with this like I, I was honestly a bit shocked and taken aback I, I expect it from like a Happy Madison uh, Adam Sandler production but I don't expect it here from Warner Brothers, a studio that I do respect. Um, and, you know, prior to probably their DC debacles in recent years, uh, Warner Brothers has always been consistent with their content that they've put out. But I don't know, this just felt just incredibly shameful. And I, I just don't think that it's necessary. I don't think they need to sell their product as much as what they were trying to with this film. And it's a problem that their animation department struggled with as well. They've had a few hits, of course, with the Lego movies. All three of them have been quite entertaining and quite successful for the studio too. Um, I like Storks as well. I thought Storks was good. But in more recent memory, we've had uh, Smallfoot, which also featured LeBron James's voice, and I think he was a producer on that film too. Um, 
and Scoob last year. And both of those films felt very much the same. And uh, another thing that this film deals with and what what I have a, another big issue with is just the complete and utter excess of every single sequence. So uh, Al, Al G Rhythm wants to fill the stadium with supporters and spectators. So um, it's just a bombastic amount of... Um, of Warner Brothers IPs that just appear in the grandstands there. And uh, I had listened to Jeremy John's review um, prior to me recording this review. I was just like, I wonder what everyone else is saying about this. Because on Rotten Tomatoes currently, I think it's at like a 31%. Uh, and I listened to Jeremy John's, who's, a, of course, a famous uh, film reviewer on YouTube. And he said that it, it felt like when characters on, when actors on SNL dress up like, characters like if you told will forte or Kristen wig to dress up like someone this is their version of that character and i thought that was a really good analogy of what it looked like because we have close-ups of some of the spectators uh, we have all these famous warner brothers characters so we have every iteration of the joker i could see um uh, the most recent joaquin phoenix there's jack nicholson joker there and yeah, you could just see them in the crowd and they just looked really terrible. The Pennywise was probably the worst. Um, Bill Skarsgård's Pennywise from the recent films was also seen in the background, but the, the actor looked nothing like Bill Skarsgård and he had a really skinny face. So it looked like, it, it, yeah, it, it just did not look like Pennywise. So that was really distracting. Then we had, uh, like Voldemort was in the background, but Voldemort, the actor... They didn't worry about doing makeup or anything on the actor who was filling in as Voldemort because he had a nose. And anyone who's watched the Harry Potter films knows that Voldemort does not have a nose. Uh, and it just looked, yeah, really out of place. Even the Agent Smith that was uh, really close to where LG was sitting, uh, I was like, that doesn't look anything like him. Then we have, you know, the characters from Clockwork Orange, which, again, just feels completely misplaced in this film. Like, it's an obscure reference and a lot of people watching this are like, oh, I haven't seen Clockwork Orange and wouldn't know who these characters are, but because they're so prominent in their positioning behind LG, it, it just felt really strange. And I, I was just, yeah, like I said, taken aback. I just wasn't expecting it from this film uh, for, for that sort of uh, product placement. And it, it is product placement because they're trying to sell HBO Max. But I, I guess... Uh, it's it's their own film. I don't know. It just feels like you're you're sacrificing creative in integrity here to create, you know, this really commercialized product that just doesn't fit in with the rest of the tone of the film. Uh, there are some fun sequences with the Looney Tunes, but they really do take a back seat in their own film, and I found it to be really disappointing because I don't know the the Looney Tunes just feel like in recent years, you know, they've got this popular IP and there are still people who are out there who really do enjoy the Looney Tunes, myself included. Like, I, I won't go back and watch a lot of the old cartoons, mainly because it's really inaccessible. So maybe if Binge and HBO Max want to go out and put the Looney Tunes cartoon somewhere that's really easily accessible for people, then that would be really helpful. Um, but, yeah, they're sort of buried and forgotten. So it feels like they're using nostalgia to sort of branch off and sell you a different product. They're not really keen on bringing the Looney Tunes back into fruition. And I heard, and I think it's still in development with Cartoon Network, and I don't know if it's premiered um, after or prior to me recording this review, but the Looney Tunes haven't been anywhere for quite some time now. We had a rebooted show that failed back in like 2014. Um, 
And that was quite disappointing. And I also thought that the the actors they cast to do the voices of these characters were quite poor too. Whoever was doing the voice of Bugs Bunny didn't sound anything like Bugs Bunny. Um, voice guy for Daffy Duck was quite good. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Daffy. And I thought out of the Looney Tunes, Daffy was the best here. And that, that's not even just me as a fan of Daffy Duck talking. I just thought Daffy was a lot of fun. He delivered some of the best lines. Uh, there's a really funny sequence where they're bringing in Michael. Or they're like, oh, we found Michael Jordan in the stands. And it's like this big lead up and it ends up being Michael B. Jordan, uh, the actor who plays Creed. And I thought that was quite funny and that was really enjoyable. And then Daffy's holding up his um, halftime board and he's got um, uh, brings in the wrong Michael. And then uh, <laughs> down below it just says trade Sylvester. And I thought that was quite funny. Just like little things like that were enjoyable. And some of the visual gags earlier on were really fun. Um, and, and I wasn't totally opposed to some of the references with some of these worlds. Like the Matrix one was really cool and it, it looked really nice. Um I enjoyed the sequence, like I mentioned, with Superman. Um, that was a lot of fun too. But, yeah, I don't know. Just some of the rest of it just felt really out of place in this type of film. There's also a reference to Star Trek as well. And I know the Looney Tunes were really good at referencing other films, like um, a, a film that I'm quite fond of, and I know there's quite a few haters, but it's Joe Dante's uh, 2003 film, or it might be 2004 uh, Looney Tunes back in action, I, I think, is a lot of fun. And there's references in that film to, like, Psycho, which is a universal property. Um, but the Star Trek one just felt out of place, considering that there's so many Warner Brothers references in this film. Uh, I, I was just, yeah, it, it just felt very bizarre. There's also a really out-of-place Rick and Morty scene. Now, Rick and Morty actually do show up in this film, uh, talking about Tasmanian Devil, and it's fun being a Rick and Morty fan, you know, even hearing um, hearing the voices of Justin Roiland's like that. That's fun, but it doesn't fit with the tone and the rest of the film. And again, Rick and Morty are a Cartoon Network owned property because Cartoon Network own Adult Swim who produce and create Rick and Morty. So that's why that's there, because, again, it's another Warner Brothers owned property. But again, it just feels out of place. And those sorts of sequences now, uh, you know, you have the hardcore fans who would be saying, oh, but it's just ushering in, you know, the new age of animation now that Rick and Morty is like the most popular animated show on the planet. Uh, it's really not. They're not trying to pay homage to anything. They're trying to sell you a product. And it feels like that. And it comes across like that because it just feels like a soulless corporate cash grab, um, even down to like LeBron James. Now, I'm a fan of LeBron James, like I mentioned, but he's really not given a lot to do here. Um, I found him to be quite underwhelming in this movie. Uh, one of my biggest frustrations too is like this, they get sucked into a computer, which is pretty terrifying. And as soon as he sees Bugs Bunny, he's just like talking to Bugs Bunny like he's known him for 30 years. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like I, I was just so confused because I was watching it just thinking... Like, this doesn't make any sense. In the context of the actual story, now, I know it's a larger-than-life, whatever's going on, that, that's fine. But in the grounds of the actual story, LeBron James would be freaking out. He would not be hugging bugs. He'd be like, what the hell's going on? It was a problem I had with the original Space Jam because I noticed it followed through in that film too where in the original, Michael Jordan's sort of not really taken aback by the fact that he's just been sucked down a golf hole. Um, he's not really taken back at all. And it's sort of the same here. LeBron James just doesn't really care. He's like, oh, crap, I've got to put together a team. Uh, and the recruitment stage was, again, really rushed and just felt really out of place. 
Um, and, and like I said, Bugs Bunny's kind of borderline unlikable in this film, and I just think it's because of the voice. Uh, the character himself still feels moderately like Buzz, but it just feels really, really strange. And, you know, I, I don't know, relegating the Looney Tunes in their own film just felt really unfair, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, visually as well, I find the film to be quite ugly. I heard a lot of people talking about some of the sequences, which earlier on in the film are quite spectacular. And any sequence where they used the 2D animation was still a lot of fun. But any sequence where they were using, you know, like the the Looney Tunes are all bought into like what they would look like in real life sort of thing, which we've done before. Um, but in this sequence, it just felt really, really strange. And the whole tone shift in that last act in the actual basketball game, there's just too much going on. Like I mentioned, all those spectators are there. You have Iron Giant, King Kong, uh, the Gremlins are there. Uh, Scooby-Doo's there, Yogi Bear's there, everyone's there. But it's just because it's it's visually a nightmare to look at. Uh, it just looks so fake. It just it, it has this really ugly tone to it. Uh, Don Cheadle's character becomes completely CGI by the, the last act, and he looks fucking awful. Um, I was shocked at how bad the CGI looked there. Um, the CGI designs of uh, the other basketball characters, so we have... Um, essentially it's, uh, LeBron's kid in the film, uh, has created his own game and he had like, uh, renders of NBA stars, uh, and WNBA stars. So we had like Sue Bird, uh, Anthony Davis, Draymond Green, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson. Um, and they just, the, the visual representations of what their characters turned into, they just looked really strange. Uh, Clay Thompson's character was really cool. He was like, he was called water, fire water or something like that. Um, and the visual of, like, the water was really, really cool, and I liked the look of that character. Um, Damien Lillard's character was a bit of fun because he plays with, like, you know, you're on Dame time, um, which if you follow the NBA, you know what that means. Um, but it just, I don't know, the rest of the characters visually looked really ugly, and it just disappointed me because I was like, ah, this doesn't really, yeah, play well for me. It just doesn't look good. Uh, so I was a bit disappointed with just how the visuals were handled and, and because there's so much going on and because your eyes are sort of focusing on the crowd a little because you're like, oh, what references can I pick out? Oh, look, there's, you know, the Iron Giant or, or, or there's, you know, King Kong sitting there, you know, you're looking for that sort of thing in the crowd. So it just sort of detracts from the overall film because your eyeline's sort of taken aback because you're looking elsewhere rather than watching the actual game but then the actual game becomes a visual nightmare. Also, because of the way the points are scored in the game, now this is only a little thing, but it's not a traditional basketball game, not that the first Space Jam was, but the actual film, yeah, the, the points that are scored, they're just they're talking a lot of the time. There's no actual game being played. And I was like, this is a bit disappointing because this is your whole film. You're building up to this basketball game and there's no real game happening um, so I found that to be quite disappointing as well. Uh, the film's title in general, uh, I don't understand why it's called Space Jam. The first film is because the Monstars come from space and they're playing basketball. There's no reason for this film to be called Space Jam um, at all. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and apart from, you know, IP and brand and legacy and all of that thing. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, this film in general was just a huge disappointment um, I, I found myself flat out disliking a lot of the sequences. Some of the animation early on was good to look at and some of those sequences were fun. 
But overall, I, I just had a really, not a miserable time because I, I did enjoy going to the cinema and seeing this on the big screen. But overall, I just found this film to be utterly di- disappointing. And not that I was anticipating it a great deal because, like I said, a lot of those uh, earlier sequences um, were kind of a bit of an eye-opener and a lot of the marketing towards this film as well was quite poor. Uh, and I guess the review embargoes, I didn't really pay any attention to what was happening on Rotten Tomatoes. Frankly, I didn't really care because I know that the first film's rotten, but I I was still just anticipating seeing a fun Looney Tunes adventure, and I just didn't get that. I I hope the Looney Tunes get, if not on the big screen, just another chance because I feel like they can lend themselves to a fun time in the cinema, but... I don't know. I, I just found myself to be really disappointed with this one, guys, and I would not recommend it. Even if you are a Looney Tunes fan, I don't think you're going to get a lot here because the Looney Tunes themselves don't turn up until about 45 minutes into the movie, and then when they do turn up, they take a back seat in their own film. So it was a bit disappointing. Uh, shout out to Lil Rel Howery, who turns up as one of the commentators. Uh, he's not really given a lot to do, unfortunately. When you cast him in a film... You expect it to be hilarious because he is hilarious. I've talked about him in my Bad Trip review. I think he's fantastic in Get Out and he steals a lot of sequences that he's in. But here, his commentary isn't funny. Um, It's cool to see him on screen, but it just really doesn't provide any laughs, which is a shame because he's really entertaining. Um, I was expecting maybe a fun celebrity cameo, maybe by a comedic actor. Um, Considering Bill Hader had worked with LeBron James before, I was like, oh, maybe he'll show up, but nope. Uh, Michael B. Jordan shows up for one sequence and it's not funny. Uh, in the original, again, Bill Murray steals every single sequence that he's in, um, like laugh out loud funny, and it's still really funny today. Um, I, I was watching it earlier, like I mentioned, and when Michael Jordan gets sucked down the the golf hole um, and then Larry Bird and him go back to their um, go back to the golf buggy and then Bill Murray says, I'm going to put us down for two here, Larry. Um, I didn't think any of us were in the emotional emotional state to putt. It was just the comment. I was like, that is really funny that he's still thinking about his golf game, even though they witnessed that, you know, Michael Jordan's been sucked down. It, it's hilarious. It's really funny. Him showing up at the end, of course, the breaking the fourth wall moment where um, Daffy says, Mr. Murray, how did you end up here? And he just said, well, I know the pr- producer and he got the teams to, to drive me here. Um, just things like that. Like, it's really funny. Danny DeVito saying, I didn't know Dan Aykroyd was in this picture. Things like that. It's really funny stuff in Space Jam. And it's just disappointing that none of that humor or none of that character, none of that heart, nothing is carried over. Then we get a really disappointing sequence at the end where we think Bugs has died or become a glitch or something. Then all of a sudden, even though this all takes place in a computer world, Bugs Bunny's just in the real world talking to LeBron. He's like, oh, hey, Bugs, you're here. It's like, what the fuck is this? I was just so confused. And I just kept thinking, man, I just want this to be over. I'm just so over it now. I, I was just like, I'm done. I can't. I just can't. I can't deal with it. Um, I'm going to give Space Jam a new legacy a 2 out of 10. Um, it seems very low, guys. But honestly, this is a poor film. It's it's really not funny. Um, maybe actually a 3. I'm going to go up to a 3. I'll be a bit more generous because some of the visualization earlier on was a bit of fun. And... LeBron James is good for the most part, and I did enjoy Daffy. I thought Daffy was a standout out of the Looney Tunes, but everything else was quite poor, and I was very disappointed in this one. Um, But that brings this review to a close, guys, so thank you all for listening. Make sure that you rate and review the podcast down below, um, and make sure that you check out some of my other episodes. I've been trying to do two a week for a while now, so 
make sure you check out some of those episodes. Uh, I'm trying to pump out as much content as I can for you guys. I really enjoy doing this and it's a lot of fun to talk movies with you guys, even when they are Space Jam and New Legacy. Um, make sure you also like, follow and subscribe to me on Facebook. Um, I do try and uh, post as much as I can on there. Instagram as well. I'm probably more active on Instagram, so follow me on Instagram too. And follow me on Twitter. I try and use Twitter too. I try my best to use as many of the socials as I can. Um, but yeah, do find it a bit difficult sometimes. But I am quite responsive in case you do have any film recommendations for me as well. Uh, you can send through your review request to ozmoviegeek at gmail.com. That's ozmoviegeek at gmail.com. But thank you guys for listening. I really do appreciate your support and your love. Um, so, yeah, look forward to more content coming at you very shortly. And until next time, peace out.